I was on a big abseiling camp with all the scouts in my district when I was about 12. We camped at the bottom of Mount Stirling in Wheatbelt, Western Australia, not far from Keller Barren. We went out in small groups, hiking a long trail to the top of Mount Stirling and then back to the cliffs overlooking our campsite, where we would abseil down. The cliffs had a great view of all the wheat fields around. Me and my mate had completed the hike and were waiting our turn to abseil down. We were taking in the view when we noticed a dark figure walking in a far-off paddock. Nothing weird about that until we realized he appeared to be walking above the waist-high wheat crop. We freaked out and called our mates over to have a look but by the time they came he was just, gone. Disappeared, still think about that when I'm camping sometimes. Never seen anything like it again. One night after work, I went to a park in the woods with a friend of mine. We had been there before and had a good time just hanging out, but it was darker due to the solstice. I figured it wouldn't be that big of a deal, so I pulled in and parked in the back like I did before. Now, I've never been really superstitious before, but this and some stories my other friends have told me have made me decide there is some validity. We stepped out of my car, and the first thing we saw was a black cat. I like cats but then I noticed the atmosphere felt off. It was dark, and the air felt a little heavy. With only a nagging feeling, we made our way over to the park. This is where things started to feel really weird. The lights started flickering, and we heard some crackling in the grass and fallen leaves. My friend clutched my arm and said she didn't feel safe. Neither did I at this point, but I calmly started walking her back. I was getting this really ominous feeling, and that's when the lights started flickering even more and then turned off. In the distance, we saw a shadowy figure moving around towards us. She was terrified, and I was internally losing my cool. We continued walking back, but at a very brisk pace. I handed her my keys and placed my hand in my pocket, over my knife. The walking noises followed us and we were walking as fast as you could without it being considered a full-on sprint. As we got back to the parking area, the cat was on my car staring into my eyes. I was ready for anything at that point, but we got into my car, locked the doors, and got the F out of there. I've never gone back there since. Me and my girlfriend while camping near Mount Rogers in Virginia. They have wild ponies that live in the park, which are super people friendly but will try to bite through your pack and gear to find any food you might have. They also have a free-range longhorn cattle farm that borders the park and at some points crossovers, so while walking along the Appalachian Trail you will come across several ponies and a herd of longhorn cattle that don't like to be messed with. So as me and my girlfriend are hiking the Appalachian Trail through the park, we end up on the cattle ranch and see a coyote stalking the cattle and ponies from inside some bushes, but don't think too much of it since it's still sunny and we have a long hike ahead before we camp for the night. Once we do camp for the night, we end up on top of a crest that is somewhat surrounded by rocks and appears safe from random animal wanderings. We were quite wrong. As we set up camp and went to bed, we were awoken by some clanging of the hot dog pokers we left in the fire pit about three feet from our tent. At this point, my girlfriend, who is not really an outdoorsy person who only came out because it was my birthday wish and who was incredibly scared of the thought of encountering bears as she was told by people at REI that it was super likely to happen, started violently shaking at the thought of any kind of animal in our camp. While it turned out to be only a few stray cows whose eyes did creepily glow a little red when light was shined on them, we did have a second animal encounter about an hour later, which turned out to be the coyote that had been stalking the cattle earlier. At this point, I had convinced my girlfriend that any noise she heard was only the cows that would scamper at any indication that there was life nearby them and their babies. I, however, immediately realized the second encounter was a coyote due to its almost silent movements and steps, with the only noise being sniffing on and around our 
tent and some scratching on the rocks where our hot dog pokers had been. At first, knowing a coyote was within a few inches of my head while I was at first unconscious was a little startling and humbling while out on the hike or camping. One night after work, I went to a park in the woods with a friend of mine. We had been there before and had a good time just hanging out, but it was darker due to the solstice. I figured it wouldn't be that big of a deal, so I pulled in and parked in the back like I did before. Now, I've never been really superstitious before, but this and some stories my other friends have told me have made me decide there is some validity. We stepped out of my car, and the first thing we saw was a black cat. I like cats, but then I noticed the atmosphere felt off. It was dark, and the air felt a little heavy. With only a nagging feeling, we made our way over to the park. This is where things started to feel really weird. The lights started flickering, and we heard some crackling in the grass and fallen leaves. My friend clutched my arm and said she didn't feel safe. Neither did I at this point, but I calmly started walking her back. I was getting this really ominous feeling, and that's when the lights started flickering even more and then turned off. In the distance, we saw a shadowy figure moving around towards us. She was terrified, and I was internally losing my cool. We continued walking back, but at a very brisk pace. I handed her my keys and placed my hand in my pocket, over my knife. The walking noises followed us and we were walking as fast as you could without it being considered a full-on sprint. As we got back to the parking area, the cat was on my car staring into my eyes. I was ready for anything at that point, but we got into my car, locked the doors, and got the F out of there. I've never gone back there since. My lady and I were rustic camping out near an Indian reservation in Northern California. The sun had gone down about 30 minutes before. We were on one side of a river, with the road on one side and wilderness on the other. We started to see some really odd thin lights in the sky on the other side of the ridge and googled to see if there was anything man-made over there. Nope, just wilderness. We brushed it off, and about five minutes later, we heard a horrible human woman's voice shrieking coming from the other side of the river. We said nothing, just grabbed our stuff and ran back to the car in double time. Started driving, and I was going through the likely possibilities, Sasquatch, mountain lion doing a really good human impression. The lady, tears in her eyes, said, you didn't hear what she was saying? She was screaming, help me called the cops, did not sleep well that night. I was camping at a place we lived for a while in Nevada called Lida. The tiny little ghost town is miles and miles from the nearest real civilization. We packed tents, sleeping bags, and all the supplies and rode out on our horses. I was in my late teens at the time so I can't remember how many square miles the ranch was, but it was massive. Tons of cattle. So we get out there at sunset, get set up and bed down, and all of a sudden I get chills up and down my spine like something is watching me. I couldn't explain it at all, it was just sudden terror. I shook it off and went back to sleep. We woke up in the middle of the night to our horses absolutely losing their cool for no reason. We quieted them down and went back to sleep. The next morning, we went out to find mountain lion tracks pressing in too goddamn close to our campsite. Come to find out, one of the previous owners of the ranch had owned a mountain lion hunting reserve of sorts, and when they lost the ranch, they just let them all go. After that, I couldn't go out there without the feeling that I was being watched. Everyone I have asked has had similar experiences of a sort of sixth sense about cougars. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A group of us decided to go camp in the mountains on a whim. We weren't totally prepared but we had the essentials for a few nights of mountain weather. Coats, bedding, food, booze, and, of course, my giant eight-person tent. By the time we gathered up everything and drove to what was nearly the top of the mountain, it was starting to get dark. We left our headlights on to set up camp under some large pine trees and then turned them off when we were satisfied with our own little piece of paradise. After an hour or so of drinking and enjoying the silent, wind-free night, we were all exhausted and turned in for the night. Several hours later, just as it was beginning to get light in the mountains, I sat bolt upright in the tent, startled from my sleep. My friends were still passed out, and I thought maybe I experienced a nightmare, as I usually don't remember them. I sat there for several minutes in utter silence straining my ears to hear every sound. There was the smallest rustle outside the tent, probably 30 feet away. I strained my ears even more, suddenly realizing I could hear my own heartbeat getting louder. Was there a bear? Someone out there sneaking around? Are we going to get murdered? I had to find out. I begin to slowly move towards the zippered door of the tent, feeling the rain tarp crinkle below me, wham. Something hit the tent from the outside with such a sudden noise that I fell back on my ass and woke up my friend. I heard something moving fast, heading away from the tent. I finally ripped open the tent door to see nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's dead silent again, and there isn't an animal or person in sight. My friends are all awake now and wondering what is going on. I tried to explain to them what I heard outside and we went to search the campground for any signs of intruders. We found nothing. Still a little bit freaked out, we decided to just enjoy our trip and keep an eye out for the woods around us. A few hours later, it was time for breakfast, so we all sat down around the fire to eat. As I'm eating, I see a flash of movement out of the corner of my eye, just behind the tent, which was about 20 feet away. I slowly get up and start walking towards the tent, keeping my eyes peeled. Just as I began to round the side of the tent, wham. The same noise from before, something hitting the tent hard. Then I notice a pinecone rolling away from the other side of the tent and realize what was going on in an instant. I look up into the trees above us and look directly into the eyes of the intruder. Staring back at me, way up in the tree is a squirrel. Bastard had been dropping pinecones on our tent from about 30 feet up. That sneaky rustling I heard earlier. Another squirrel, scurrying away from the tent when it was hit with a pinecone. I was made fun of for the rest of the trip and still have a grudge against those damn squirrels. I was paddling my canoe across Nunavut, the Northern Territory in Canada when something caught my eye on shore. I found an old canoe upside down with two human bodies. They were so old that lichen was growing on the skulls and bones. It looked like a grizzly got into it at one point. I also found an old rifle. I carried on with the trip. Whenever I was wind blown off the water, I would pick a hill or a piece of land that would catch my eye. Most of the time, 
I would find another grave. I found all sorts of old guns and bones. Of course, I left everything where I found it. The rivers were the highways of the north back in the day. I used to live in a very rural area in my youth, and when I had just turned 18, I was helping with a family friend's security company. It was October, about 9 p.m., and we had just started the night shift of patrolling what was once a manor house. A little backstory on this place, rumor had it that the house was cursed and haunted by demons and tortured souls alike. In the time it had been standing, it had been a simple place of residence, a hotel, a hospital, a nursing home, and was eventually left abandoned and derelict in the late 60s. In the 40 years it was abandoned, it had been broken into by kids and gangs and had occasionally been set on fire, all wanting to see this curse for themselves or believing it enough to want the place gone. I didn't buy the whole haunting thing, but the place certainly made me feel a little uneasy. Back to the story, it was dark, like it always is at that time of year. It was also cold. And usually, the lights around the garden kept it light enough that we could see what we were doing without the need for torches. That was when the lights went out. All of them that was weird, but not to worry, we had the flashlights on our phones. But our phone screens were flickering. Okay, that was super weird. And if it stopped there, I probably would have gone home believing that there was some sort of issue with the electricity in and surrounding the house. Some areas are like that, especially in rural places. I live in a rural area now and all the lights blow out and flicker a lot because the electricity just isn't that great. I wish I could say it stopped there. We heard screeching coming from the house. It didn't even sound human. I can't even describe it, but it was enough for your stomach to drop like the floor just collapsed beneath you and make your blood curdle. And for what must have been a solid 30 seconds, the inhuman screeching was accompanied by unintelligible whispers closer to us and the occasional shadow depicting various acts of suicide and self-mutilation. When we all determined that we did indeed experience what had just happened, we called the police about the disturbance and hightailed it out of there as soon as they arrived. No evidence of there being anyone in the house was found, no signs of a break-in nothing. Our team of four people were the only people on the property. I haven't set foot in there since, but the other guys did, and as far as I'm aware, they have never had an incident like that since. I have a story about the woods behind my house. I've only ever lived in one place in my whole life. I lived with my family up on a mountain in rural Alabama. Like, really rural. Around our house, you could walk two or three miles in any direction and not find any sign of civilization except for the road leading up to our house. Just trees, leaves, and pine straw. So only a three mile radius of private woodland. One night when I was probably about 15 or 16, I had a lady friend at my house who I desperately wanted to impress. So I decided it would be cool to go walk out to my favorite spot in the woods. In hindsight, I know I shouldn't have done it, but the spot was my ace in the hole. It was super romantic. Fireflies and the sound of a small stream, the whole shebang. She seemed tentative at first because she was smart, but ultimately caved into the thought of adventure. So we started walking down the path I had cut out. I've got my lantern because I couldn't find the flashlight, so I couldn't really see too far in front of me, but it was enough to see the path. So it's about a 10 or 15 minute walk, and about halfway through there was this kind of distant weird buzzing sound. It was hardly loud enough to interrupt our talking, but it was definitely there whenever there was a break in talking. At first, I really didn't think much of it. The woods can be a really loud place at night with all the bugs, and it was getting to be spring. So I pretty much ignored it. Then, after a bit of walking, it was definitely getting to be more and more pronounced. Eventually, 
My friend asked me if I heard it too, and after I confirmed it, she was adamant about turning around and just going back. I agreed just to make her comfortable, but as we were going back, the noise just kept getting louder, and eventually, as we were almost back, it was clear what the noise was. The sound of someone playing a harmonica had been gaining on us in the dark the whole way. By the end of it, we were running pretty much full speed out of the woods, across the yard, and straight into the house. We went up to one of the windows facing the yard, hit the light, and cracked the window sill to listen. It was still out there, playing its harmonica. And we listened to it pass the house and fade into the pines by far the most bizarre and terrifying experience of my life. My most cherished memory too, because that girl ended up being the one that got away. Every time I see one of these posts, I think I have one. Then the guy who had the jet fly over him reminded me of another part of the experience. So I was there. In Afghanistan, I was on a convoy with a few other nationalities. In the middle of the night, I was sleeping in the back of our armored truck. A huge as plane flies low over us after, what we later learned was a B-1 bomber buzzed us to see who we were with their FLIR. A while later, being half awake and realizing I had to pee, I got out of the truck and kind of half asleep, walked over to the fence line of this little compound we had bivouacked overnight in. There was a personnel gate ajar. Went through, pissed on a bush out of the way. Come walk back through the gate. I then hear an obvious yet hushed challenge. In Spanish. For the goddamn life of me, I'm trying to recall any Spanish from the two years I took in high school in San Diego. I'm barely recalling donde esta la biblio, when I hear another Spanish voice say something something americano. Still dumbfounded. I eventually remembered C. The Spanish guys in a vehicle or two over were pulling guard in their turret. The one guy saw me leave. The other dude is the one who saw me return. Thank God the first guy saw me. Otherwise, I was asking where the library was and crossing my fingers. My good friends got married this summer and had a campout wedding. It was amazing. The wedding was beautiful, everyone was awesome, lots of alcohol, weed, beautiful weather, new friends, etc. The only thing that went wrong was my Reto 70s tent ended up flooding, I'm not a super seasoned camper, so I figured, no biggie. I had a big SUV so I could just put my sleeping bag in there and sleep comfortably with the seats down. This was the last night before we planned to leave, so it was fine. It was about midnight when everyone decided to head to bed. I settled into my car and tried to turn on my car to warm it up for about 10 minutes before I went to sleep. Unfortunately, my car's battery had died. We had stored some food in there, and I think someone might have accidentally left an overhead light on the previous night, for whatever reason, the car started freaking out, the lights started flashing, and the locks started locking and unlocking super fast. I was both confused and freaked out and tried to open the door, but every time I did, the locking was happening so fast it wouldn't work. My car had literally locked me in. I finally pried the manual lock open, got out, and slept in my friend's car with her. That night, I had the creepiest and most vivid dream of my life. I was a Vietnam soldier fighting in the trenches and my friends were dying around me. I think I am done camping for a while. Maybe forever. As a kid growing up in former Iroquois nation country, I attended a Girl Scout horse ranch that was haunted. Stayed there twice. I could seriously write a book about that place. The first time, I stuck it out the whole week. The next summer, my friend and I were fed up with the anxiety. We called and asked the parents to get us out. 
nobody was willing to walk the path to the line of cabins. People heard wagons, piano music, and men yelling and shouting, in an all-female camp. Looking back, I feel like it was one of those thin veil areas, and we were stepping into another time. Who knows? Backpacking with the husband down a very steep canyon. At the trailhead, the camp caretaker told us search and rescue might be right behind us because a man who had gone down the trail the night before hadn't been seen since. Told us to look out for circling birds and wildlife that might be attracted to a potential body. Anywho, get past the first mile or so, and there is a post box with pencils and paper for people to write their names as they go down the trail. We checked the paper and the last thing written, trailing off the page, was do not go in, it's a trap. On June 26, 2015, the day before. It was super creepy at the time, and under those circumstances, but someone was obviously having fun. When I was eight-ish, my family and I were camping at a popular lake that sits underneath a local mountain, in the PNW. There were six of us sleeping in a tent when we heard some rustling and scratching. My grandpa starts whispering, asking if we had put all the food away. We said yes. We established that this animal was trying to open the cooler, so we basically damned the raccoon and tried to sleep. Another animal arrives and they begin fighting. At this point, we all realize that this is not a raccoon. My grandparents tell us all to lie completely still. This is when things gets really scary. We can tell from their sounds that they are black bears. One leaves. The other stays. At this point, I'm so scared, I'm uncontrollably shaking, and my grandma is trying to hold me still. The bear begins sniffing around our tent. I'm trying not to breathe when I feel its nose graze the top of my head. It was terrifying. Eventually it left. They just wanted food. Holy F though. It was borderline traumatizing. My boyfriend at the time and I were hiking up in the Rockies. We came across what looked like a small silo. The door on it had a padlock but was unlocked. Like it had been busted off. We were curious about what it was inside of because it was weird that we came upon anything at all. We weren't on a trail and were way up there. My boyfriend at the time opened it up and inside was what looked like a torture chamber. Like a full-on chair with restraints and chains coming from the ceiling. There was a trap door on the floor, and no way were we opening it. We hiked right back to our car and left. Still feels creepy about it. I'm in the UK, so no grizzly bears or wild animals, but instead noises. So my Duke of Edinburgh class went camping, there were 11 of us, two of which were the leaders and two of my friends, let's call them M and C, a girl from the group who crashed with us for some reason, I'll call her S, and I shared a tent. S was on her phone most of the night, M couldn't sleep, and C was kind of asleep. I was ill and half asleep, I was on a bloody stick, and after going to the toilet with M at 11pm, I fell asleep. A couple of hours later, I woke up to a noise that sounded like someone was sawing wood really, really loudly. M was awake and she could hear it too, but we didn't want to see what it was. This went on for about an hour, and it stopped every 10 minutes for a few seconds. We thought that maybe it was someone from another group messing around, so we left it at that. The next morning, we asked if anyone else had heard it, C didn't, the adults didn't, no one else heard it. Even M doesn't remember it as much now but I can remember the distinct echo that the saw made every time it moved.
This was back in college when I was camping in the Cascades with a group of college buddies in a remote location since two of our friends wanted to be away from others and crowds as much as I didn't want to. We ended up camping about a mile off the closest trail. We set up about five tents. I slept with two others. I had trouble sleeping and was still awake around 3 a.m. when I heard some distant, subtle chanting noises from a group of people far away. Eventually, the noises got louder and louder to the point where it sounded like an argument between a group of people. But I could not understand them. It sounded like total gibberish, but I could make out the syllables and they were consistent. Like some foreign languages, then I heard what sounded like laughter and then yelling, like a few people were getting tortured. It reverted between laughing and then those screams back and forth. Suddenly, I noticed the friend next to me suddenly turned towards my direction and mumbled, you heard that? We were a bit freaked out. The noises went on for about half an hour after that before they slowly dissipated. I ended up drifting off to sleep. The next morning, a few of the guys in our group asked if anyone heard the sounds that were described as similar to what I heard. We camped out for a few more days since then, but in actual campgrounds with other people, as we freaked out a bit. I want to share a story from when I was in high school, climbing a quite high mountain called Merapi in Indonesia. The mountain is around 3000 meters high. I climbed with 20 people. Five were trained climbers and the rest were newbies like me. There were many weird things that happened, but the one that happened to me was when I walked down the mountain. We divided the 20 people into three groups. I was in the second group. We intended to stick together, but because there were some girls that were so slow, I and one of my experienced friends tried to run first and left them. The instructor gave us permission to go off and we went. But then my friend said, hey, I want to take a poo, you can just go alone, it's not far from here and then, okay, it's noon and it's really not that far. And then I left him. But after that, I arrived at a place filled with bamboo. The mountain is actually filled with typical rainforest trees, but in this particular area, it is filled with bamboo. This area is like a circle with a diameter of 50 meters. But after entering, the way out that I clearly saw is not there. I started to panic. I tried to go back and wait for my friend, but the way in was also not there. I was running around for about two or three minutes, irk, until somehow the way in appeared again and I just waited for my friend. In seventh grade, I was in scouts. We were camping in an area that was known to contain larger animals, mainly bears and cows. We had set up our tents in a U-shape, with me and a friend's tent on the outside. During the night, I woke up to a really loud rumbling sound. It sounded as if it was right outside my tent, and scared me. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I woke up my friend, and he just went back to sleep. The sound kept on going, so I opted to check things out. I step outside into the cold and look around. Nothing is there the rumbling sound continues. I try to find where the sound is coming from, but it seems to be coming from everywhere. I edged a little bit further away from my tent, and realized the source of the sound. I had been woken up by one of the troop leaders snoring. The best thing is that their tent was only six tents away from mine. My grandpa had just bought 50 acres of land outside of Middleborough, Kentucky, and we were staying on the land in a camper trailer while the cabin there was being renovated. My grandpa and I had just seen War of the Worlds at the movies and were settling down for the night. I recall falling asleep on the couch and waking up to the sound of something being dragged outside. I freak out and run to the other side of the trailer to where my grandpa is snoring and shake him awake. I tell him I think someone is outside, and he tells me to go back to bed. When I'm about to go back to the couch, the rustling outside starts up again. My grandpa, now awake, calls me back, and I tell him to go look outside. He tells me there is no way in hell he is looking outside. Finally. After five minutes or so of the sounds of growling and dragging, he peeks out the window. It's a stray dog that's gotten into our trash and is dragging the trash bag around. When I was 10 years old, my grandfather and I were convinced it was aliens. I was camping with a friend on the edge of a lake. It was a wooded area with bushes, trees, and a hill behind us. We were at a campground per se, but not in any registered spot. My friend was terrified of dogs and wild animals in general. Also, dogs hated him so much that there were a number of occasions when my friend was chased by dogs in front of me. So it is night time and we are in the tent. Suddenly there is a little swipe on the side of the tent. It's low to the ground. My friend instantly starts panicking. I just laughed, thinking it was a raccoon. There are a few more little swipes. Then all of a sudden, from up the hill, there is this crashing and snapping noise. From like 80 feet away. It was absurd. It was like hearing all those bushes snapping in unison one after the other, and it got closer and louder. Then this thing finally made it to level ground behind the tent with a massive grunt that clearly indicated, a bear. I felt calm, but I knew this was now serious and the swiping must have been a bear cub. My friend is nice and quiet and still. But he is freaked to death. We waited like five minutes. Then we devised a retarded plan to take blankets and open up the tent and run like hell to the car. We would throw the blankets on the bear to blind her. 
We made it to the car and never saw the bear. But damn, the sound of all the crackling bushes and the grunt when it landed was utter power, f bears. I have had some nightmares over the years of running into bears and getting eaten alive since. I take mace camping now. By far the creepiest thing that happened to me while in the woods. I grew up in a pretty rural area, and there was a gravel pit in the woods a few towns over that I used to camp at with my buddy, drink beer, and enjoy a nice bonfire. One summer night, we were there drinking and shooting the stuff, and it was about 2 or 3 am. The fire lit our immediate area, but beyond the ring of light, it was essentially pitch black. We were messing around as kids do, throwing our empty beer bottles out into the darkness, smashing them on the rocks in the pit and generally being rowdy. The third or fourth bottle I arced really high and far, and after I threw it, I waited for the smash. But there was no smash, or thump, or any noise at all. I remember we looked at each other kind of drunkenly confused, and then out of the darkness the beer bottle came whipping back up at us and smashed on the rocks near our tent. As drunk as I was, I remember how surreal the moment was, the strange sinking feeling in my stomach and rising panic. We got in his truck and sped out of there as quickly as we could. We never even went back there to retrieve our tent. In the fall of 2017, I shot a deer right around dark, about 5 miles out of my truck. I go back, get my gear off, and grab my cart. I get to my deer, gut it quickly, and head out. My deer cart breaks down about 2 miles in. The wheel snapped clean off. I had to sling the freak on my back. At about that time, I heard some coyotes, I'd say 3 or 4, faintly on the gut pile. I go another mile before I take a break. I'm chilling there, listening to the yotes, when it hits me like a hard tap on the nuts, they were much louder and had many more yips than before. Within a quarter mile. And here I am sitting like a waffle with no weapon but a hatchet and gut knife sitting next to the second course of their feast. Of course, the first three miles from my stand consist of fairly easy walking. Dry with some thick spots, but overall an easy walk. However, the last two, as all hell and thicker than a mother f. I picked up, zigzagging through the swamp, running on adrenaline, not looking back as the easy dozen coyotes were about a hundred feet away. I never once stopped and never once looked back. On the home stretch, I hopped the five-foot gate with the deer on my back like it was nothing. Though I collapsed on the other side, nearly passing out. I heard the coyotes hit the fence within 10 seconds of my jump. They howled and snarled and screamed at me, who was clenching the knife ready to meet my maker from the other side, and then just like that, they were gone. The woods were silent and I hobbled back to my truck and grabbed the deer. I called my dad and told him my story and told him I was tired and was going to take a nap in the parking lot. I was bloody as hell with scratches and cuts and bruises from branches hitting my exposed face. So, I took a nap, and was woken by a tapping noise on my window and then a bright light. I don't know who was more scared, me or the Greenhorn DNR officer, wide-eyed, slack-jawed, and baggy pants staring at the monstrosity I was. I told him the story. He checked my info, we had a good laugh, and I went on my merry way. Now to those who are going to ask why I didn't just drop my deer and let them have it, I don't know. It was only a five-pointer, not very A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Big. A very average deer on just a stubborn stick who doesn't think things through thoroughly. But hey, the deer was delicious. And for the DNR officer... I have a new brown set of undies too. I've seen him on three occasions since, all three ice fishing. He calls me Wildman and doesn't even check my information, nor does he check my fish. We talk quite a bit when we see each other. I consider him a friend, actually. Once, when I was maybe 14, in the middle of nowhere, we came across a grisly-looking tweaker dude sitting in the opening of his tent with what looked like an unconscious or sleeping clean-cut young blonde girl behind him with no shirt on. The older brother of my friend who was with us confronted the guy after we passed by and got a big old dirty hairy pistol stuck in his face and said something about killing us all. We told the ranger about it and led him and the police back to the spot, but they were gone. I never heard anything about it after that. I was camping in northwest Arkansas in a beautiful campsite near the Buffalo River about 20 years ago. My wife and I were the only ones in the campground. We go to sleep and hear chains rattling outside the tent, along with other commotion. I have camped my whole life, but this night I forgot to put away all our food. So I look outside the tent and see glowing eyes all around us. It was a pack of wild dogs. We sprinted to the car and stayed in a motel. As we left, we saw many more wild dogs along the side of the road, as well as a wild hog. I've seen and heard all kinds of critters while camping, but this was the only time things got bad. I've got a confession to make. I grew up in the Southwest, and when I was in high school, my friends and I would often have bonfires on the weekends. We would go gather a ton of pallets from the industrial park and load them into our trucks and take off out in the desert to stack them high and doss them in gasoline. While the fire burned, we'd always goof off and just chat. Well, one night, while the fire was burning low and we were about to head to sleep, we realized we'd never really driven beyond where we usually stop and have a bonfire. We were really quite a ways from town, but we thought, hell, why not? So we decided to drive down the road further into the desert. The moon was shining bright that night, and odd shadows formed. As we drove through ravines and along small hills, we noticed a bunch of cars in the distance. We decided to cut the lights and the engine and set out on foot to investigate. I mean, who could be out here all this way? As we started walking towards the cars, we made sure to be extremely quiet and careful not to make a noise. In hindsight, this probably wasn't the wisest move we've ever made, but we were curious. After walking close to the vehicles, we realized they weren't occupied. 
But then we started to hear some voices in the distance, over a ridge. As we got closer, we saw some tents, and we heard two sets of voices. One was a set of adults and the other was a set of youth. We had stumbled upon a boy scout camp out. Now, what to do? We could hear the adult boy scout leaders at their wits end in their tent, telling everyone in the other tent, the youth tent, which was a ways off from the adult tent, to shut up and go to bed. Mind you, it was probably past midnight. The leaders then indicated that if they heard one more peep, they were going to pack up and head home that night. The boys shut up and then all was silent. My friends and I naturally agreed that it would be hilarious to go and mess with the kids and try to scare them. So we tiptoed over to the boys' tent and, in a deep quiet voice, whispered things through the tent wall, we made sure we weren't letting the moon cast our shadows onto the tent. We did it so subtly that it made them wonder if they heard anything at all. We whispered morbid things like I'm going to slice your throat. Or you better not fall asleep. Etc. We started to hear the boys getting panicked inside their tent and whispering to each other. One of them called out to their leaders, and they just responded back by telling them to shut up and that this was their final warning. Then one of my friends started imitating some sort of wild beast. We all began clawing at the tent and making noises, and they could finally see our shadows on the thin tent walls. The boys were straight up freaking out and yelling for their leaders. The leaders were super pissed now and yelled that they were getting dressed and that the boys should get dressed too because they're all going home now since none of them can shut up and go to bed. We hightailed it out of there and made it back to our vehicles and drove home. We thought we were so funny, but in hindsight it's a pretty dickish thing to ruin a scout camping trip, but it was kind of worth it. My only regret was that we didn't stay behind and hide in the bushes to see how it all played out and if the leaders would believe the boys' hysteria. Scouts, if you're reading this, I'm sorry and I hope I didn't scar you for. Life in regards to camping and having people believe you. Have a good laugh about it now. Maybe? When I was around 8, we used to go camping in the forest behind my grandparents' house. This was their land and was entirely private property. One night, we are out there and our oldest cousin is watching the fire and the second oldest is showing us how to pitch a tent when we hear the loud crack of a stick. We turned around to see a man in his 30s standing there 20 meters away from us. He was wearing ripped up clothing and a blue ball cap that was missing the rim. My cousin pulled out his pocket knife and the guy ran away. To this day, I still don't know who it was, but this man was obviously not in his right mind. Later that night, I woke up to a person walking around the tent. I began to panic and grabbed my cousin's knife and held onto it for dear life. I stayed quiet for what felt like forever until finally the person went away. I later asked my parents if they had gone out to check on us, but they all said no. I have literally no clue who it was and probably never will. My guess was that he was homeless and had decided to camp in a forest. This past summer, my best friend and I went road tripping down the coast and ended up at a campground in Northern California. She has this big old chamo van with a bed in it, so we decided to just sleep in that instead of pitching a tent for the night. The evening ended up with a series of odd events, which was peculiar as this campground had a decent number of people staying there. However, we had rented a pretty secluded spot that was surrounded by tall bushes and forest, with no other campers in sight. First we heard this very odd reoccurring noise. It sounded like a dying something. It was pretty loud and definitely not coming from a human. We brushed it off and started a bonfire in our little tucked away spot in the campground. Our area was surrounded by tall bushes, and all of a sudden, the bushes started moving in a way that made it appear a large animal, or human was in them and coming through to our side. 
My friend screamed and ran into the van. I turned around and pointed my flashlight into the bushes, and there was this weird-looking naked crouched humanoid creature-looking thing in the bushes. It scared me and I dropped the flashlight and ran into the van. I was so terrified I couldn't close the doors behind me or investigate further. Whatever it was was covered in skin, was crouched, and definitely human or humanoid. My friend and I are too scared shitless to leave the van, and we are trying to figure out what that was. We cover all the windows because it's pitch black outside and we are afraid of a random face looking into the van or something. Suddenly, we hear footsteps walking around the van. We are freaking out and cannot see anything outside of the windows because it is so dark. Then the mother van starts moving, like something is pushing on the van or leaning on it and trying to look in or get in. My friend and I are absolutely horrified and trying to think of reasonable reasons why this is occurring. Maybe I saw whatever was in the bushes. Incorrectly because it was dark and in the bushes and only illuminated by a flashlight. Okay, maybe there is just a wild animal outside of the van trying to get in. Okay, this is a possibility, but still not a good thing. We realize that we didn't put anything into the bare containers, which is a problem, and our ice chest is completely melted. It only had water bottles and drinks, but also some very ripe berries. My friend is freaking out and planning on running them out to the bare container or throwing them out the window. This does not seem like a good idea as there is something clearly outside of the van. How can we get rid of all of them, though? We both look at each other and realize the only place these berries can hide is in our stomachs. So we painstakingly eat this large amount of disgusting, lukewarm, overly ripe raspberries. We end up passing out shortly from fear, exhaustion, and feeling sick. We never found out what exactly I saw and what was moving the van. We did, however, both know for sure that something large was in the bushes and moved them walked around and was pushing against our van for hours. I also forgot to mention that we took mushrooms about 5 hours before this occurred. Edit, to be honest, we only took a small amount of mushrooms, like 3 of each we went hiking and were by the ocean and didn't want to be completely out of our minds but wanted an edge. The entire time we were really feeling it, we had no visuals but more philosophical conversations and bouts of laughter. At the point we were at, it was winding down and many hours later. Either way, scary, mushroom or not. I was away with my family and a few others. I and some other kids were playing in some bushland. I noticed this tree stump, which is about the height of a chair. It was basically hollow in the middle but there was dirt in the cavity that remained. While it struck me as slightly odd, I couldn't help but notice it was a perfect seat. So I took a seat on this dirt stump and noted that it was actually very comfy. A minute or two later, I'm certain I felt the dirt mound wiggle beneath me. I ignored it at first, thinking I'd imagined it. Sure enough, wiggle, wiggle. So I jump up and can actually see the dirt shifting where I was sitting. I pick up a stick and proceed to poke at it in an attempt to figure out what it is. Brushing some of the dirt back, I started to notice these numerous yellow protrusions. I dig a little further and realize that it is an echidna. It managed to climb into this tree stump and cover itself with dirt, still not sure how he did it. As he was, his sides were a snug fit with the hollow he was in, so there was nothing but spikes on display so there was no way of extracting him for further inspection, which I'm sure he was pretty stoked about. We came back the next day and the stump was hollowed down to the ground with a couple of feet of dirt missing. He'd done a runner. I was camping in a remote park in Argentina. There was only one other group in the campground, so I made brief small talk with them, I'm not fluent in Spanish. During the night, 
I was woken up and swore I saw someone walking by my tent and shining a flashlight in it. I'd never had claustrophobia until that moment. I was in a mummy bag because it was pretty cold. I damned nearly ripped the thing open trying to get out because I thought I was under siege. Another episode, winter camping in Minnesota with my dog. I was waiting for my friends to join me, but they were a few hours away. The campsite is a mile or two from the highway. An ambulance drove by at like 8 p.m. while I was in my tent taking a nap with Doggo. Right after it goes by, a pack of coyotes starts howling. I made sure Doggo was on her leader after that, in the past, I had let her run around in remote campsites after dark, but not anymore. When I was 17, I went to a youth at-risk alternative high school that would go on 10-day camping trips around the coast. We usually just tent up and go to bed, but on the 5th or 6th day, we came across a big cabin made for hikers to stay in, so our teacher decided that we earned it and we all went in and got to pick a room. Later, during dinner time, these two punk kids into the whole satanic thing found an Ouija board under their bedroom number 9 and were so excited to play. Most of us just watched them and a few others ask questions, and apparently a little child named Thomas was killed by a hammer to the face where they found the Ouija board. Most of us just brush it off as we not real, etc. We all went to sleep. The next morning, the two kids that found the Ouija board woke up with bloody noses, but it wasn't like a little nose bleed. Their blankets were soaked in blood, like a stabbing or something happened and everyone was shocked. I was so scared. Our teacher told us that it was just a coincidence, but most of us thought it was something else. I'm not kidding you, after we arrived in the city, I asked them, hey, what did you guys do with the Ouija board? They said that they had brought it with them back to the city to play. I was like, are you guys insane? The one that took it home died a few weeks later of his dad going mental and beating his kid to death in the face. I never messed with those supernatural things again. I can't sleep in the dark anymore. I need light in my room and have to pass out watching videos or I can't sleep. Edit, his dad looked like a normal, Loving dad from what I saw during the parent-teacher conference since we both had two teachers and had the same time interval for our conference. Back in the late 80s, before this job was done by computers, I took a summer job at a fire watchtower in Campo Santo National Forest. On my literal first day on the job, I had to deal with some dumbasses setting off fireworks, and it was all downhill from there. I'm talking a summer of being creeped on by some government agency, a massive forest fire inching closer every day, and some unsettling stories about the last person at my tower. Anyway, the scary part was on my 79th day there when I had to go take a leak and came back to find my save wouldn't load because those dongers at Campo Santo left a game killing bug in Firewatch that still isn't fixed two years later. I worked in conservation. I was walking along a creek bed with a bunch of loose rocks in it. I had been through it before, and we'd seen plenty of artifacts around the site, like arrowheads. One day, for some reason, I was walking along and stopped. I turned around and brushed some of the rocks aside under the water. There was an unusual looking tool, maybe half an inch wide and five inches long, with the tip broken off, under these loose river pebbles. I got goosebumps immediately and started looking around. I was the only one out on this 16,000 acre tract, and something stopped me in my tracks and told me to look there. In the boundary waters with a group of friends. We were taking a rest day on a small island with one campsite. Most of us were taking an afternoon nap when a friend was preparing lunch for us. 
He's done cooking and walks over to our tents to find a mother bear in two cups two feet away from our tent, rummaging through our things. He starts screaming. We all wake up, start screaming, and burst out of the tent. The bears had taken off by the time we got out of the tent, but we could see them on the top of a hill behind our campsite. We spent the rest of the day and night on high alert. It was a small island, so we knew the bears were nearby the whole time. Another time, a friend and I were doing a research project on a 10,000-acre swamp. To cut a long story short, we got lost and forgot to bring our map and compass with us. People had died getting lost in this swamp, so we were freaked out. We eventually found a stream which led to the river we paddled in on. We followed the river upstream and eventually found our canoe. We were probably wandering around lost for about four or five hours. We were soaking wet and cold. It was such a relief to find our canoe. We later discovered that the stream, which was named Or Savior, was named after a man who became lost and died in the swamp, your map and compass with you. A large group of us had organized to go camping. Throughout the planning, the camping idea quickly turned into a bush doof, basically a rave in the woods. We hired generators, an insane sound system, and a lot of tents. Needless to say, there were a lot of drugs at this thing and I was pretty worried about someone rolling past and alerting the authorities. Skip forward to 3 AM and we're seriously deep in the festivities. I'm on the outskirts of this tent town we've created when I see yellow fluorescent slash reflective lights coming towards us, similar to those on most police vests. I immediately ran back and turned off the generator, killing all the lights and sound and telling every person I came across that the cops were coming. As panic starts to set in, the yellow lights appear once more. Turns out it was just some guy with glow sticks attached to his shirt, returning from a piss. <laughs> 